0: You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hour two on this Wednesday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Come on in, stay a while. While you're here, go to danpatrick.com. For you Bengal fans, Chiefs fans, got a new T-shirt for both of those fan bases. Go to danpatrick.com. Hall of Fame is one of the most exclusive clubs in professional sports, but yesterday, Cooperstown welcomed one new member, and it's David Ortiz. In his prime, one of the more feared power hitters, certainly a reputation for coming up big in the clutch in the postseason. Uh, Won three World Series titles, 17th all-time in home runs. Uh, He was great in the World Series, World Series MVP one year in 2013. But this is what happens. We don't talk necessarily about who gets in. It's who didn't get in because Bonds and Clemens didn't get in again. But Ortiz deserves recognition. First ballot Hall of Famer. The Baseball Hall of Fame has 268 total players. 58 have made it in on their first ballot. It's rare company. David Ortiz, a Hall of Famer. And it feels like this time of the year, it's about hypocrisy. Wait, you voted for that guy and not that guy? Likeability. David Ortiz, Big Poppy, is a big cuddly bear, big personality did a lot of great things in the postseason. Friends in the industry, works in the business, works for Fox, and you can make a case that Barry Bonds, Kurt Schilling are not media friendly. Likeability means a lot here. Whether it's conscious or self con- or you know subconscious, it, it shouldn't matter. I don't I don't like what Kurt Schilling represents, what he says, how he says it. But I think he's a Hall of Famer. If I had a vote, I would say he's a Hall of Famer. I have a hard time putting in Bonds and Clemens. I just do. But it goes back to it's a museum. If you want to tell the story of baseball and you want to tell it through the lens of Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, make sure you tell the story. And if you want to put in, you know, it's almost like make it interactive. If you can press a button and you could hear his former trainer talking about him or when he was in front of Congress or what happened with Balco with with Barry Bonds and his trainer went to prison rather than giving up any kind of information on Barry Bonds. You know, Alex Rodriguez has been suspended a couple of times. If you want to tell the story of baseball and you want to do it like that and in, and include those who were with, ster- you know, using steroids in that you know era, because this is what the argument is going to come down to. Yeah, but during that time period, okay, that doesn't make it right, just because, hey, during that time period, everybody was doing steroids. Well, David Ortiz got caught with steroids in 2003. He did. But that was supposed to be just a random sampling of, let's see how many people would test positive. And then they weren't going to put names on it, came out David Ortiz's name was on But it just makes it tough for these voters to try to figure this out. And you want to ask former players, or former coaches, former managers, uh, clubhouse guy, whatever it is. But I just don't think you can go. I don't like. I don't like Barry Bonds, but he was great. And you can make a case that there's never been a greater hitter than Barry Bonds. Roger Clemens, you could say, is the greatest right-handed pitcher of all time. And it's not like you go, man. I don't know about their numbers now. Do I think their numbers were artificially inflated? I do. Do I think there are guys in the Hall of Fame have numbers artificially inflated? Yes, I do. But I don't have to police it. But as a fan, I, I, I don't want you rewarded. Those guys made $100 million. $150 million. And you know who paid the freight on that? You did. They jacked up all the... When your numbers are compared to somebody in the 50s or 60s, hey, you know what his numbers are compared to Willie Mays? Well, now all of a sudden, you're going to get paid more. And then you, the ticket holder, has to pay for this. The the owners aren't. They want to pass it on to you, make you pay. So there's a little consumer fraud. Now, you might say, hey, I don't care if my movie stars are jacked up on steroids. I just want to be entertained. Or football players or baseball players, whoever. I'm just saying this is my my show my voice it doesn't mean it's right but I I just feel and I'm not the gatekeeper here I don't have a vote but if I saw somebody and you say is he a hall of famer and then you say yes or no and really that's the test not Kurt Schilling you know said this about uh Hillary Clinton like okay that's Kurt that's Schilling, the, the person. I'm looking at Kurt Schilling, the baseball player. Barry Bonds, the baseball player. Roger Clement's the baseball player. And just like Big Poppy. I mean, Big Poppy, you know, lovable. But that doesn't mean he should be a First Battle Hall of Famer. You know, we, we could really dissect this if we wanted to. But it gets to be sanctimonious. There's hypocrisy. I mean, there's a lot that goes on. And it takes away from the honor of going in. It's like I always hated what Pete Rose did to the Hall of Fame weekend. Because if, if Pete was in the Hall of Fame, nobody would care anymore about Pete Rose. But we care because we feel like he's a victim. He's not. He did it himself. Bonds knew what he was doing. Clemens knew what he was doing. They rolled the dice. They got paid. They're not going to go into the Hall of Fame. Do I think it bothers them? I, don't think, sh- I think Schilling likes being a victim. I, you get more attention here. Pete Rose gets, Pete has got more attention by being out of the Hall of Fame than in the Hall of Fame. I don't think Barry Bonds cares. I mean, I don't know if Bonds is like, you know, this is baseball and they've always had it out for me, whatever it is. You know, I even heard this. Well, they all cheated and Bonds cheated better than anybody else. Okay, if we're going to use the Lance Armstrong excuse, then Lance should get all of those Tour de France championships back, those titles, right? He should still be doing Livestrong. You know, we pick and choose with all of this, and it's unfortunate because we watch because we love it. We're entertained by it. We're fascinated by it. They do things we can't do. And it comes down to this every single year. that Here we are talking about Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds is not a victim. Clemens is not a victim. You knew what you were getting into. I mean, Bonds, bonds made the mistake of, you know, when you have plastic surgery, you, you get artificially enhanced even more. You know, just do a little touch-up here. Don't hit 73. Clemens, same way. Fountain of Youth in Toronto, and all of a sudden he's winning more Cy Youngs. Went to the Yankees. They all got paid. There's big money in this. Yeah, see, see. It's, it's strange, right, because there's big money in this. So the lesson really is, do steroids, just be nice.
1: Because <laughs> as, lo- as long as you do steroids and you're nice, you get in. But if you do steroids and you're mean, you don't get in.
0: Yeah. And
2: that's basically the way that this works. Yeah. Just be nice. Yeah. Yeah, Paul. He's exactly right, because I have no opinion on this. David Ortiz does have some proof that he used steroids. It's very weird how it came out with the Mitchell report and all that stuff. It shouldn't have come out, but there is. Roger Clemens has zero. He has a disgruntled former employee. He called him out. Clemens still denies it. His, his statement yesterday, Clemens said, baseball was my passion. I gave it my all mm. the right way for my family and the fans. He will never admit it if he did it, and you know there is no proof.
0: Well, you could say, hey, let's just sit down and have a lie detector test here. All in favor, say... Oh, that's right. Nobody is. But I don't, I mean, it's not going to go away. It, it's just that there's a whole group of baseball players that are going to be lumped in fairly or unfairly. And next year at this time, it'll be about what kind of votes Alex Rodriguez got. Uh, Carlos Beltran is up next year. You know, is, is the cheating scandal that he was a part of with the Astros. Does that hurt his credibility here? being on the ballot. I don't know. And it doesn't mean Clemens and Bonds won't get in. Now it goes to another committee that they can get in. I think this is more of a 10-year embarrassment. Like, we're not letting you in, and here's your penance. You know, say a couple of Hail Marys and Our Fathers, and then maybe you'll get in, uh, you know, five years from now. But they have all these committees, so it's not like, hey, they didn't get in. It's they didn't get in now, and then there's a chance they will get in. Tim Kirchin from uh, The Mothership, who is a Baseball Hall of Fame voter, will join us coming up. Johnny Bench, who is, uh, of course, the greatest catcher of all time, and uh, I asked him the question about would he vote for Bonds or Clemens to get into the Hall of Fame. This is from 2016, the day after. This is January seventh, 2016, Johnny Bench on Bonds and Clemens. Yeah. Both. I, would. No? I mean, I think their career's even before they were doing it. And, you know, it takes a long time to make a career. But even before those things were done, they were Hall of Famers, before they even association or even in the suspicion of that. I think we're at that point now where we've, we understand that, you know, guys are always trying to get ahead. Everything's kind of performance enhancing as far as what whatever we do in the clubhouse now. I, I, I you know, I'm I've been totally against it, I think you look at it on a broader basis and say okay guys, this is uh, you know, have we gone far enough with this? Uh, these guys you know, in a lot of ways you know, Sosa and, and uh, McGuire saved baseball. I love Johnny and he's a Hall of Famer. I disagree because now all of a sudden this is what happens. This is, this is really what bothers me more than anything. That you start using, and then there's the guys in the minor leagues who want to get to the major leagues, and then somebody's doing it, or, you know, this guy's doing it. Now you feel the pressure to do it. And then you go back to high school where that guy's doing it, or these guys are doing it, or that team is doing it. Now you have to make that decision whether you're going to do it or not. And that's, that concerns me, not only in baseball, but all these sports. What you do, when you do it, how you do it, and, It's not just Bonds and Clemens. I mean, they have the the money to be able to spend to get the right people to help them with this, with their bodies. But, I mean, it's a systemic issue here. It's a bigger problem, and it's unfortunate that that's what baseball has been reduced to in a lot of ways. Because it didn't used to be where you watched Joe Morgan hit a home run and go, that guy's 5'8", 175, and he's got 27 home runs. No one ever said Joe Morgan was using steroids. Or Johnny Bench, go down the lip, Mike Schmidt, George Brett. You never, ever thought that. Now I can't help but when I see some guy come to the plate and he hits a ball 485 feet, and I go, How's that possible? How's that possible? Launch angle? Hmm. I got your launch right here.
1: Yes, Todd. And the precedent they would set going forward. I don't know if that's part of the fear, for lack of a better word, for the baseball writers. If you do let them in, eventually you're saying, you know, and they made all their money and all their fame and got all their Cy Youngs and home run titles. And now eventually you'll be let in. So what do you do in the future if there's other performance enhancing issues? Eventually you got to let them in because you've already set this precedent with
0: Barnes and uh, Clemens. And, And, you know, Bud Seeley got in as the commissioner, but he was the commissioner during this era. Like he benefited. And like, there's just so many things attached to it and it's, it's not going to go away and guys are going to find different ways to cheat. There's so much money to be made and baseball turned a blind eye. Hey, look at this. You got Sosa and Maguire. baseball's back. We're selling out. You know, it's unfortunate and every year I get up on my soapbox, but I still would love to have baseball tell the story of baseball and include Bonds and Clemens. And, you know, put it on display, warts and all. But if they're going to do that, then you have to do that for Pete Rose if you want him in there. Which, Pete, to me, you know, the winningest player of all time. But he, he gambled on the game. And I think baseball or the Hall of Fame, you know. And they have no problem sending the the like the, the back that Bonds used to hit a 73rd home run or, you know, here's McGuire's uh, uniform from what, you know, like, Hey, we don't want you in, but we want to cash in on what you did. It's, it's just convoluted and it's unfortunate, but I, I don't, I just can't get to that point where I go Bonds and Clemens. Sure. Come on in. A-Rod, come on in. Unless you just tell the story of baseball through that prism. And if you do, I'm okay with that. Sosa, you want to put him in, but, you know, Bonds and Clemens, Sosa, arod they're not victims. They're not. But you get that feeling reading all these columns now, like, oh, my God, how did Bonds not get in? Where were these people the last 10 years? All of a sudden, it was like Bonds isn't going to get in the Hall of Fame. Who cares? You got your memories? You know what the hell he did? He may not care. Do I think Clemens cares? Yes. Do I think Schilling cares? No. I think Schilling probably says, yeah, that's the establishment, you know, holding me back there. Curt Schilling's Hall of Famer. Plain and simple. Yeah, Paul. If you look at
2: Schilling's career and Ortiz's career, they're very similar. 20 seasons, about seven All-Star games. They never won. uh, No MVPs for Big Papi, but he was really close, like second and third. No Cy Youngs for Schilling, but he finished second like three times. Yeah. Postseason, they're all-timers. Their postseason stats are unbelievable. Yeah. Both Schilling as a pitcher and Ortiz as a hitter. Ortiz hit six eighty-eight in a World Series one time, yeah. which is all-time silly. And look at it, one guy is not close, and one guy was first ballot.
0: And they had a number of positive tests back in 2003. That was the Mitchell report. Well, they let the players know, I think, that they were going to be tested. Now, they thought it was anonymous. But then they labeled it. But imagine the number of players who would have tested positive if they didn't know they were going to be. Te- These guys tested positive. Spring training. <laughs> uh, but congratulations to Big Puck. Afterthought. <laughs> he was there last night with his family. Yeah, it, you had. Uh, Pedro. Pedro. Pedro Martinez was there. I thought it was a cardboard cutout of Pedro. <laughs> like, Pedro's there. Yeah, Paul.
2: I've got the all-time home run list. And it, the amount of guys who aren't going to the Hall of Fame, they're in the top 10 yeah. or top 20. Bonds, A-Rod, uh, Ken Griffey Jr. in, Tomy in, Sosa not even close, Mark McGuire not close, Rafael Palmero not close, Manny Ramirez is 15th all-time, not going in. Nope. nope. Um, here's an interesting case. I Albert Pujols is fifth all-time, and there has been no accusations of him, no failed test that I know of, that I've heard any. He seems to be on the field first ballot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Any problem with Albert Pujols?
0: Unless something comes out, yeah, absolutely. First ballot. Is
2: the biggest beneficiary of all this mess Hank Aaron? Because a lot of people in their heads and say on social media, he's the home run king.
0: Yeah, but poor Hank, you know, may rest in peace. You know, he, he he was never, ever celebrated the way he should have been. Because, you know, he had people who wanted to kill him when he was breaking Babe Ruth's record. And then you have the bond situation. Now he's friends with Willie Mays, a contemporary, and he's got to talk about bonds without really indicting bonds. And, you know, he was such a gentleman. He's just a wonderful man. And he went through so much. and And I don't think he was ever celebrated. The way he should have been. We'll take a break. We'll get phone calls coming up. And uh, two years ago today, we were in Miami for the Super Bowl, and we got the news that Kobe Bryant had passed away. I'll bring back a portion of an interview that I can touch. The last interview that I did with Kobe, and you uh, know, I played it last year on on the anniversary because it's you can just hear in his voice that you know what he was. He found his new challenge, and that was coaching his daughter. And it's tough to hear, but it's important to hear uh, just with his memory. We'll have that for you coming up back after this in the Dan Patrick show. Oh, the DraftKings, guys, they're ready to go. The official Daily Fantasy partner of the NFL. This week, new customers play free for millions with their first deposit. Do you have what it takes to pull off a conference championship victory? Now, people get confused with Daily Fantasy. And this is really weekly fantasy. When you're thinking about the games, you pick your lineup, and then you stay under the salary cap, score up points to bring home the cash. Free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. You're gonna feel the action like never before. DraftKings safe, secure, reliable. Best of all, deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. First thing you have to do is download the DraftKings app now. Use the promo code Patrick. They know you're listening to the show. You get to play for uh, play free for millions and uh, prizes. So the promo code is Patrick. Get a free shot at millions in total prizes. First deposit. Get in on the action. Conference championships. Only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app, at fsr or stream us live on the peacock app this program award nominated not award-winning brought to you by mercedes-benz Vans. they go far beyond from their customization options cutting-edge tech five-star sales service financial support crew mercedes-benz Vans build equipped engineered to be ready for anything go the extra mile taking the all-important first step into an authorized dealership we'll bring back an interview i conducted with uh kobe bryant talking about coaching his daughter It was uh, two years ago today when uh, we found out what happened with Kobe and his daughter and the other who crashed in that helicopter. Um, Have that for you coming up. More phone calls as well. Tim Kirchin, he has forgotten more baseball than I know. ESPN Major League Baseball reporter, senior writer, and he has been uh, named to the writer's wing of the Hall of Fame And uh, as of 2022, Career Excellence Award winner, inducted into Cooperstown this summer. Who would have thought that Tim would get in before Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens?
1: (laughs) Well, I certainly didn't think that was going to (laughs) happen.
0: I didn't think it
1: would ever happen for me, but... uh... I think this is going to be the largest disparity in size between the player that's elected and the writer that's elected. I weighed in at 140 this morning, Dan. So I'm giving up at least 140 to Big Poppy.
0: And there's no steroid trace with you, is there, Tim?
1: Well, five, four and a half, 140, uh, and I can bench about 60. That I don't think there's a possibility of steroids, no.
0: If – Somebody didn't know the results of yesterday. How would you explain what happened?
1: Well, I would explain what happened yesterday. Well, I hope I say this the right way. This is the most difficult process. The most difficult job that I've ever had in 42 years of covering baseball is trying to figure out what to do with a ballot, say, like this. What do we do with Bonds and Clemens? And are they in a different category than David Ortiz, and is he in a different category than Manny Ramirez and Alex Rodriguez? Those are the things that you have to go through. So I don't want any sympathy, neither do the writers. We're just saying this is a really difficult process. So somebody got in yesterday, David Ortiz, who I voted for and I believe should be in the Hall of Fame on the first ballot, but the rest of it is confusing. And there are no more right answers anymore dan i fill out my ballot and i have for 31 years when i look at my ballot these every time the last 10 years i look at it and say well i didn't do this right Because there are no more right answers. It bothers me when people would say to me or anyone else, you did it wrong. I'm not sure you did it wrong. I'm just not sure you did it right. That's because there are so many unanswered questions to all of this. And we need a little bit more clarity moving forward.
0: There are so many people who say the following. Well, Bonds was a Hall of Famer before. Clemens, a Hall of Famer before. But I disagree. I think if you're a Hall of Famer, you're a Hall of Famer. And a Hall of Famer wouldn't use steroids, performance-enhancing drugs. Bonds was the best player in the game. Clemens had a run with Boston, but then he went to Toronto. Like, just trying to sort all of this out. Like, A-Rod got popped twice. Big Poppy with the Mitchell report. I I, I don't know what is hypocritical and what isn't with this, Tim.
1: Yeah, again, Dan, this is what I run into – every single year for 10 years when we vote. And I'm not quite sure what to do every year. Yes, Bonds was a Hall of Famer before the late 90s with three MVPs. Clemens was a Hall of Famer before the late 90s with three Cy Young Awards. And yet my dear friend, Dan Shaughnessy says, if you shoot 33 on the front nine and you cheat on the back nine, you're disqualified for the round, which is essentially what you're saying. I'm saying, It's hard to argue with that. And yet at the same time, this is baseball compared to golf. Golfers, PGA Tour players call strokes on themselves where baseball players were encouraged during that Bonds-Clemens time to do whatever it took to win. And there was this tacit agreement going in Major League Baseball. No one's testing. No one's checking. You're going to get away with this. The other guys are doing it. So, again, this is where it leads to all sorts of confusion. But from 2005 on, I see a little bit of clarity that we were testing and checking from then on. Alex Rodriguez, you know, got popped twice, as you said. So did Manny Ramirez. I think they're in a different category than Bonds and Clemens, but... You can disagree with me, and I understand why. It's just really hard to try to put all this together. Dan, the easy way out is to just say, if you have a connection to PEDs, you're not getting my vote, period. Yeah. The other easy way out is to say, I don't care what you did. If you're one of the 10 best players on the ballot, I'm going to vote for you. But I think there's nuance to it, and I think you have to look at each case
0: individually, and that's where it gets virtually impossible to do this right. And also with Kurt Schilling. Like, I don't like Kurt the person with what he represents or his tone, but I would put him in the Hall of Fame. I, I just, I saw him perform on the biggest stages. Um, I didn't think he played for great teams until he got to Arizona, and he, was a, he, was a, he wanted the ball. He was a gamer. Um, he was clean. But I don't know, likability factors in, whether it's conscious or subconscious here. How do you explain Schilling not as a Hall of Famer?
1: Well, like Bonds and Clemens and like Ortiz, I voted for Schilling every year. Yeah. Now, some of the things he said and done recently make me uncomfortable, but I'm voting on him as a baseball player whose career's ended 15 years ago, and his political views today are not gonna sway me from voting for him. But again, a lot of people look at it differently, and I totally understand that. He is not an easy case either. And he's not Pedro Martinez, Randy Johnson, Greg Maddox, great. There is some borderline there, but when you look at the postseason, you look at the rest of the numbers, he's a Hall of Famer for me, I repeat. I voted for him every year. And but the character clause comes in for certain players. I'm just not real comfortable being the moral arbiter of all these things. But we have to be as voters these days.
0: Explain how Clemens and or Bonds get into the Hall of Fame.
1: Well, they could be on the today's player ballot in committee uh, in December, I've been on three of those committees, Dan. It's a fascinating process. 16 guys in the room, media, executives, former players. And if one really powerful person in the room can sway the argument, that's how you can get 12 out of 16 votes and get in the Hall of Fame. My experience on these committees is that the former players And to a lesser degree, the executives are going to be harder on anyone with a connection to PEDs than the writers are. So this thought that, Mm -hmm. oh, Bonds and Clemens are going to go on this new ballot in December, which I think they will. And therefore, they'll cruise through, as did, you know, Jim Codd and Tony Oliva and and Alan Trammell and Jack Morris and Harold Baines in recent years. I just don't think it's going to go that way because those guys don't have a connection to PED. So you better be careful what you wish for going up against the players who are in the hall. I'm not sure they're going to get their vote. I'm not sure, but uh, it's going to be very interesting.
0: And we always talk about, well, such and such didn't test positive. Well, Sammy Sosa didn't. I mean, he tested positive for a corked bat. Um, why does not why is Sosa so far down the list?
1: Well, that's a really good question, Dan. I think it's in part because he is a symbol of the steroid era, fairly or unfairly. And I had someone explain to me, I'd never thought about this. If say he had hit 50 homers three different times instead of 60 homers, (laughs) maybe he would get a lot more support. But I think people look at him and say, Who is the steroid era? Who's the number one symbol? I think some people Point at Sammy Sosa. If he wasn't so dominant during those few years, maybe he would get more votes. But bottom line is he has a chance to go on that ballot in December also. And it'll be really interesting how he and Schilling and Bonds and Clemens and maybe others do if they're indeed on the ballot.
0: El Tuve is going to be interesting when we get to that point. But, you know, he is the face of a cheating scandal. Nothing else attached to that. But how do we look at something like that as opposed to PEDs?
1: Well, that's a really good question. Um, The way I look at it is if Jose Altuve has Hall of Fame numbers when his career is over, and I think he will, then... I would vote for Jose Altuve. I think I'm in the minority on that. I think people are gonna look at this and say, well, he cheated. Now, are we certain that he cheated? Are we certain that he was taking the pitches and listening to the bang of the the trash can? I'm not positive about that. And without positive proof, And I'm still not sure if you know what's coming that automatically you're going to hit a home run. Surely it's going to help. But I think Altuve is going to be an interesting case when his Hall of Fame uh, possibility comes up. But I repeat, as of now, I would vote for him for the Hall of Fame.
0: It's always great to talk to you. And uh, congratulations again going into Cooperstown. This is going to be sort of like Aaron Judge and Altuve at second base you and big poppy standing up there at cooper you got to stand right next to him right
1: well at some point i probably will but let's be clear dan all kidding aside uh the players are the players and the writers are over here so if i stand right next to him it's only a physical thing nothing more than that you get a plaque or a bust uh I think I get a plaque. I'm not even sure. I think if I get a bust, I'll be the only one with a bust that's actual
0: size. Which should be. <laughs> they can do your whole body, like you're not just yeah. your head. <laughs> uh, great, great to talk to you, Tim. Thank you, buddy. Okay, Dan. See you. That's Tim Kirchin. What I love about Tim, and there's a lot of things to love, is that he he wants to talk about the positives in the game. Like, he, he cares about the game and moving it forward. You know, Verducci is like this as well. Buster Olney, they, they cover this sport. They care about this sport. They want to move the sport forward. And you could tell it pains, Tim, to get dragged down by this because he does want to tell you incredible stats with, you know, these players. He, he, he covers it. He loves it. He's been doing it for over 40 years. And even when I ask these questions, and I, I can just tell he's going to answer it. And answer it honestly. Get some uh, phone calls in here. Um, and, and I do think that Altuve is Hall of Fame worthy or will be when it's all said and done. But this is what the writers sign up for. It, it's They have to be the, the judge and jury. And it's a really difficult job. And if you put one in, do you put the other one in? You know, I, I still think that if you get popped once, the next time you're out of baseball. Like, you know, there's really no deterrent. And, you know, A-Rod made all that money. A-Rod is on the ballot. Uh, Do I think he deserves to get in? No. I mean, I'm waiting for somebody to say, well, he was a Hall of Famer before. Well, when did he start? You know, he claims that he started when he went to the Yankees because he had to live up to the contract that he signed. I'm like, "Eh, I don't think so. Is that a Yankee tradition? Oh. Oh, Yankee tradition. Yes, Paul.
2: a stats, if you look at him, though, like he suffers from both steroids and the likability factor. Yeah. I don't know if... Yeah. It's weird because he's doing a lot of stuff in media. He's doing a lot of stuff in business.
0: Well, I think that's part of the campaign. that The and, rehab? Yes. Like, hey, I'm part of uh, Sunday Night Baseball and Fox postseason, uh, Shark Tank. Yeah, probably.
2: I will give him and his people or agents or publicists credit. If you'd have told me when he retired, a two-time steroid guy, that he'd have a number, you know, Shark Tank and different shows, yeah. and that he would have all these things handed to him, I, I would have said no
0: dice. Well, he looks good on camera. I mean, then he was dating J Lo, and it, and I was told by a baseball executive, you know, this is this is a campaign? This is this is a red carpet campaign to get into the Hall of Fame? Yeah, see.
1: He's really interesting, too, because he seems to be motivated by um, if you hear like some of the stories about, say, Alex Rodriguez wanted to know how to shake hands yeah. and stuff like that. Right. He's he has this motivation uh, of perfection and it almost feels like in a way so he can be more likable, which makes him unlikable. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yes. Like he's so focused yeah. on coming across perfect and likable yeah. that
2: you just don't like him
0: because he's not natural.
2: Yeah, it's It just comes. It seems so forced. Yeah. Paul, but then again, uh, just a couple of days ago, A-Rod went to the Packers game when it was two degrees out. He didn't sit in the skybox, the luxury box. He sat in the stands, and not even like row one. He was in row 18 in the cold. His, it was, he got a lot of cred that night. Mm. He, oh, he did. He got mm. some sitting outside cred. Mm. A guy like him, I was shocked that he wasn't in the skybox. Well, sitting nobody, outside
0: cred. Nobody invited him into a suite. That's a whole other story. Yeah, <laughs> but, but he had a Green Bay Packers hat on, and he's, he's the uh, co-owner of the Minnesota Timberwolves. And they're like, "What are you doing in a Green Bay game? Are
1: we
2: uh, separating people right now into sweet guys and sitting outside guys?" <laughs> oh, well, A. Rot's first ballot sweet guy. Oh, yeah, that you would never think of him outside. Yeah, <laughs> you can't get a tan outside in Green Bay. Well, <laughs> who's who's like um great l- sitting outside? L- guy. L- let
0: me take a break. Let me take a break. <laughs> who's a sweet guy? You a sweet guy? <laughs> I'm a I'm uh, in the elements guy. I'm I'm. I'd rather be there. Just the feel of it. All right. Let me uh, come back. We'll get phone calls back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app.
2: He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan
0: and We have a brand new fantasy football podcast called I Want Your Flex you get your podcasts the office is streaming now exclusively on peacock whether you know every quote or you're a newbie to scranton you can stream every episode again and again plus ring in the new year with season four superfan episodes featuring completely new scenes and extended cuts. sign up at peacock to stream now so we've come up with a new expression here are you a sweet guy s-u-i-t-e or a seat guy a-Rod, you would think would be a sweet guy, but he was a seat guy at Lambeau Field. Maybe getting a little too much credit there, but uh, he was out in the elements. Yeah, Paulie?
2: A couple of years ago, Rob Lowe, big NFL fan. Remember he had the NFL hat on? He roots <laughs> for the entire league. He was out in the elements, but now it was, I think it was Los Angeles, it was probably 70. and.
0: Yeah, that doesn't count. Clear. Ryan Fitzpatrick, the former quarterback. He's a seat guy. Seat guy. Went to the Buffalo game when it was freezing out and took his shirt off. Shirt off seat guy yeah. is a whole other level. Yeah.
2: Commissioner Goodell, always a sweet guy. Yeah. Why doesn't he ever go sit in the stands? I think I know the answer. Yes, but you <laughs> do. I would love to see him sit in row 18. <laughs> you ever watch the draft? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you think he's thought about that? Like the commission goes, you know what? I'm going to go with the people. Buy some beers for the crowd.
0: I don't think it would go well.
2: If you buy beers, I, I would ignore anybody if they bought me mm-hmm. Hey, guys, you uh, up for a
0: couple of brewskis? <laughs> hey. look, <laughs> I'm being relatable. Anyone up for some brewskis? Hey, fellows. Hey, bros. How about a cold one? Hi, I'm the commissioner. <laughs> call on. me Raj. Let oh. me zip up this uh, three-quarter
2: zip real yeah. quick. <laughs>
0: Hi, I'm buying. <laughs> okay, commish. Uh We had David Carr on, NFL Network analyst, in the first hour. And I asked him about the possibility of Aaron Rodgers playing elsewhere next season. You know, we were spinning around the table, me and uh, Steve Mariucci were talking about this, because he's season ticket holder with the Packers. That's kind of weird still. So, head coach of the 49ers, and and he was saying, did you think what well, I was thinking? And and, and I already knew what he was, where he was going. The Packers, if they keep Aaron Rodgers, they're 40-something million dollars, you know, cap hit. If they let him go, they save 16 or something. Trade him to San Francisco for yeah. two firsts and Trey Lance, and then everyone's happy. And Kyle Shanahan and Matt LaFleur are buddies. They can make that thing happen over some Chipotle. Like, just make it happen. I, You know, that's one of those where you go, all right, maybe. But I don't know if the Niners want to give up Trey Lance. I would bring in Rodgers, but I would try to keep Trey Lance. But then because I don't know if Trey Lance, I don't think he's ready to play next year, but he might be forced to. And then you've already given up your draft picks. I don't know what draft picks you're going to have there. Maybe you have to give up Trey Lance if that were to happen. But there's going to be a lot of speculation probably going to be in early March when we find out about Aaron Rodgers and what he wants to do. Rodgers was on the Pat McAfee show and had this to say about his decision. Once you make a decision, that's the decision, and you're moving forward. And until you get to that certainty, there's, don't make a decision. But there also is a time frame for this, because I understand that my decision does impact a number of other people's decisions, and I want to be very sensitive to that. And so I will uh, definitely make a decision sooner. Is it just me, but whenever I watch Pat McAfee's show, and he's on with the former Packer, A.J. Hawk, is that A.J. Hawk or is that just a cardboard cutout? Because it always feels like A.J. Hawk is just staring ahead. That that's, that's his role. You could actually put it on a loop. You could get like 10 seconds of A.J. Hawk making a couple of gestures. Of, a grunt. You know, facial expressions. And then that's it. Because I, I don't know if I've, I've seen him or heard him speak. Because he just stares right straight ahead. And McAfee, you know, he's always engaging with Aaron Rodgers. And then A.J. Hawk is just "Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like the Ed McMahon of the show. (laughs) Yes, sir. (laughs) Yes. And
1: it's often very close up, like almost like a 3D (laughs) effect, like his nose is touching the (laughs) laptop with
0: a camera. Well, I think A.J.'s head is that big that that's probably why. But uh, A.J., former uh, great player, (laughs) center Bill Elk. But, uh, yeah, he gets he gets up close there. Yeah,
2: Paul. AJ Hawk is first-team All-Forehead and Jawline. <laughs> he has both a big forehead Ooh. and a massive jawline. Okay, like Brian Cushing. Remember the former
0: linebacker for the uh, Texans? Might have been a reason why he had that uh, jawline. Yeah, big jawline. Uh, Peyton Manning, big five head. Oh sure. Yeah, <laughs> big noggin. Who else is on that list of big noggin? You know who's that? The
2: biggest head. He's not a household name. Remember David Deal, the former New York Giants oh, yeah. lineman? He's been on the show. If I wanted to take a picture, of someone and said, "What does this? What did this man do for a living? He looks like a football player. The biggest
0: head I've ever seen. Yes, yes. Huge arms and fingers. Yes. Uh, Morgan in Baltimore is back. Hi, Morgan. What's on your mind?
1: Hey, Dan. How are you?
0: Great, Morgan. What do you have?
1: Awesome. So I have a song suggestion for uh, Seton, and then I have a question for you. Okay. So, so song suggestion when they're driving through Arkansas. Um, up, on Cripple, up on Cripple Creek by the Band, because that's where Levon Helm was born in Arkansas, and that's just okay. a solid tune.
0: All right, great tune. And
1: then, yeah, yesterday you were talking to Ryan Clark, and you had said um, that you're not a huge fan of running quarterbacks because of like the threat that you know the danger that comes with it. Yes. How did like how do the quarterbacks like you know Allen and Lamar and Murray? take that out of their game when it's such a big asset? Does that come with just being in the league longer, like Brady, who's the greatest of all time,
2: but he never runs?
0: Well, I, I understand if you're Lamar and you're Kyler Murray and that ability to make people miss. Josh Allen, I, I just realized with that offense, he has to run. And as big as he is, you know, there's always somebody on the other side who is as big, if not bigger. But getting out of bounds, sliding, those are, those are really important. But I, I'm just not a big fan. I like when you keep a play alive, but I realized I, I have to change my opinion on Josh Allen. If they're going to win a Super Bowl, he has to play that way, and I think it makes him better because now you have that element of we got to contain him if he's running, and he's got such a strong arm, and he's become he's matured. I mean, he really has right before our very eyes where he went toe to toe with Mahomes. In Kansas City. And not many people are able to do it. Joe Burrow did it a couple of weeks ago. Beat Mahomes. Can they do it again? Coming up in the final hour, I'm going to bring back a portion of the interview I conducted with Kobe Bryant. That was April 12th of 2018. And uh, on the, the anniversary of his passing, I just love bringing back the Comments that he had about coaching his daughter. Have that for you coming up. Top of the hour.